TFN. Official partner of Dundee Pride 2019. All right, so I'm Claire, and for our next Dundee Pride podcast, I am so excited uh, to welcome into the studio Miss Peaches. Is it Miss Peaches or just Peaches? Miss Peaches, but you can call me Peaches. Oh, thanks. Yeah, Peaches if you nasty. <laughs> So, Peaches, I just wondered if you could, you know, give us a little bit of an insight as to, um, well, being a drag star that you are, as to kind of the history of drag and, you know, how it's important in the Pride movement. The importance of drag in the history of the Pride movement is purely just to celebrate all things in the LGBTQIA plus community. (laughs) It's so many letters, but you know what, they all count. And it's the fact of the matter is, all over the world, we're still not seen as equal. You know, you have countries, you know, a recent country, I'm not going to name names because they don't deserve it, um, who have recently tried to make uh, being gay uh, punishable by death of stoning. And it's like, well, mm, really, it's a human right at the end of the day. And that's what we're fighting for. That's what it is. It's a protest. And we really have to remember the roots, especially the history of Pride, where Pride really comes from. You know, you look at the Stonewall riots, that's really where it stems from, from that first brick at Stonewall. And, it, you know, it progresses on from there to the point now where near enough every city around the world is doing Pride events. I think a lot of people tend to get it twisted when they have a look at Pride. I think a lot of people just think, oh, it's a laugh, it's a bit of a fun. It's, it's a protest. You look at me, I'm in drag, you know, I'm a man in a wig. You know, as soon as I walk out the door, it's a protest. And we really need to remember why we're doing it. You know, we're doing it because it's not for our rights. We have our rights in this country. It's for the people who don't have their rights yet, who need their rights. How did it feel when when you found out that, that it was becoming punishable? But like, did it feel like a step backwards? In some ways, yeah. It felt absolutely, it felt like robbery, you know, because we fought for so much so far. You know, this has been going on since the 80s. We're now, what, 30, coming up 40 years, you know, doing this. And there's still countries who are that backwards, who are the same countries who won't even let women drive cars, who won't even let women out the door without their husband beside them. It's robbery of human rights, basic human rights that everyone should have to express themselves, to be able to be who they want to be. At the end of the day, who I lay, who I lay in bed with has no effect on anyone else. Who, I, who I'm married to has no effect on no one, has no effect on anyone else apart from me. It's my life. And that's really the way other people should be living their lives. It must feel so rotten to live in a country where your own government, you know, the people who are supposed to protect you, your own police force, your neighbours are all against you, who really are out to get you. And that would be so horrible being a six, seven, eight-year-old little boy or girl who's really starting to realise something's different about themselves and being so ashamed that knowing that your mum and dad would possibly even want to kill you over it. I can't even fathom that. That's horrid. What does equality mean to you? Equality means being as equal as the next person. You know, I should be able to walk down the street holding my partner's hand, not getting funny looks. I should be able to walk down the street and feel drag and not have people being like, oh, do you want to, have a, do you want to take a go? <laughs> can I feel? Can I feel? And I'm like, no, you can't feel. I'm human at the end of the day. I'm just as equal as you. You know, I don't think you would like it if I came over to you asking to feel your behind or wanting to touch you, you know. I know it's an attraction. I know when I walk out the door, people are going to look, you know, so that comes with it. But being equal is people not even batting an eye just seeing it as normal I, out of drag you would see me walk down the street you would not but an eyelid you not care but because I've got a wig on with some makeup on it's, it's a palaver even walking through town in 2019 people have always got something to say and it's like well if you have an opinion on something you're entitled to your opinion but we're living in a day and age where I think people should just give their opinion when it's asked of them unless it affects them personally and nine times out of ten it affects no one have you got any personal experiences from being out in drag in particular in public that you can you can tell us about drag in public thankfully no i've actually had quite an all right run in drag so far i've had no run-ins with anyone no one's 
I don't know if it's the curtain. I don't know if it's where I'm from. You know, I give off that vibe where people, you know, don't mess with me. But that's the way you got to be these days. And again, it comes to that quality thing. You shouldn't have to be like that. I shouldn't have to give off this vibe to people to be like, don't come and mess with me. I, I, I should have a warm tone to me. People want to come and talk to me. But sadly, it's not like that in my everyday life. You know, especially if I'm out in drag. The importance of drag for young people is seeing these men or women, whoever you are, because, you know, anyone could do drag at the end of the day. Putting makeup on, putting a wig on, expressing yourself. And for young people, especially when I was younger I didn't see any drag queens when I was younger I didn't even know drag was a thing until I was at least you know 14 when I seen Dame Edna you know all that all the good old judies so it's like once you see people living their true authentic selves living their true lives doing what they want to do and not caring it almost makes you think well I can do that you know not necessarily wanting to be a drag queen but just in general like that's a lesson in life you know you see people living their authentic selves their true selves being who they are standing in their truth it really inspires people to also do the same regardless of what you want to do in life, whether you want to do drag or not. Whether you're gay, lesbian, pansexual, bisexual, transgender, regardless, seeing people being true to who they are really inspires other people to to live their life that way as well. And that's why it's important for kids, especially in schools, which is why um, there's been such an uproar recently about parents not wanting their kids being taught about LGBTQIA plus matters in school, you know, on topics. You know, learning about these topics isn't going to make your child gay. You know, I can learn about mass murderers and massacre people have created massacres doesn't make me want to go commit a massacre it lets me know of it it lets me be aware it goes on in the world and it's the same for lgbtqia plus matters around around the globe period you know when you're a child in school had i been taught about being gay and what gay was in school i probably would have felt a lot more comfortable growing up especially i didn't come out till i was 16 i know that's really young looking back now that's so young to come out but at at that time because i didn't know anything about it i felt like i was leaving it too long and i was really hard on myself and it leads you to do crazy crazy stuff i'm not gonna lie it really leads into some nasty stuff the way you look at yourself in the mirror because you don't know any better so when did you first get into drag i first got into drag and started practicing the art of drag around may 2017 so I've only been doing this coming up two years. Um, I had my first show, so I've been practicing in my bedroom. That's a good tip as well for anyone wanting to do drag. Practice in your bedroom at nighttime when no one's about. Lock the door, be as quiet as possible, do it in silence. Because you don't know if anyone's going to know. You don't know if your parents, you don't know what your parents are going to think. And it's a big shot for your parents if they say the little boy or the little girl, you know, with a wig on and five pound of makeup, let's be honest. It's a journey. And a drag's one of those things where 19 out of 10, you don't think, I want to be a drag queen. It's one of those things where you have certain interests, you have art fashion, all these sort of, you know, architecture, all these sort of things. And you think, well, if I combine all these, what does it make? You know, design, art, you know, makeup, all this sort of stuff, hair. Really, it all leads to drag for me. You're your own hairstylist, you're your own makeup artist, you're your own um, designer, you're everything. It all combines to that. So when I first started drag, you know, I was just doing it for a bit of fun. Not going to lie. I was doing it, you know, a bit of fun. I was like, I'm going to dab on some makeup. Let me, let me get this makeup off group on. I'm going to be good. Came December later on that year. So I think it was six, seven months later. My boyfriend encouraged me to go out and get a show because I can dance. I can move. You know, I could shake my chamois a little bit. Not going to lie. So he was like, go and get a show. So I got my first show in December, the 17th of December, 2017. And I've just not looked back. Here I am with my own show. It's called Bingo Wigs. Slay Presents Bingo Wigs. And that's, you know, skyrocketing. You know, the past couple of weeks is the best we've ever done. So it's just leading on to more things. And when I first started drag, if you were saying to me a year and a half down the line, you'll have two shows of your own shows and you'll be, you know, going down to London in, in a couple of weeks to be the face of a company, you know, I would have slapped you in the face and told you to get out. But, you know, it's a great thing. I'm, in, I'm enjoying life immensely. Can you? talk us through when you first uh, spoke to your family about drag that actually went surprisingly well (laughs) here's the thing 
my family don't have anyone gay in their family. I was the first one. So I think when I first came out as gay, that was more of a shock. It took a while to get around to it. I understand that parents have certain goals for their children they want to complete in life. They have certain aspirations. They want their children to grow up, get married to a beautiful young lady, have lots of children. I can understand how it would be a shock to the system if maybe their dreams for you or their aspirations for you aren't going to get filled. And really, as someone in the community, and I say this to young people all the time who are thinking about coming out, you can't expect everyone to take it the way you want them to take it. You have to be able to step out of yourself and put yourself in in their shoes. Because really, that's what it's about, being in the LGBT community. We are privileged because we have a view on life that not everyone has. We're able to take ourselves back and we're able to look at situations from a different perspective. And that's a really good thing to have. So when I first came out to my family, I didn't understand because I was 16. And I was like, oh, so disappointed. Not not with everyone, maybe a certain some people, but they came around to it. So when it came to the drag thing, my boyfriend was like, you're just going to have to tell them because they're going to see you eventually. You're everywhere. You're, they're going to they're gonna know eventually. And lo and behold, I didn't have to tell them because I was everywhere and they did see it. And it wasn't my even my my immediate family. It was like my aunties had like seen it and they'd see my sister and they were like, is this, is this Callum? And my sister was like, that's his bedroom. I don't know. I, yeah, that must be Callum. So, you know, my sister being the true sister she is went and told my mother and my mother was like, gooped absolutely gooped but I don't it shouldn't have been a surprise because I'm as calm as Christmas like it shouldn't have been a surprise when I was three years old they've literally got they've honestly got videos of me with a dish towel you know the kitchen dish towel on my head pretending it was a wig I would go to my mum's room in the morning and put on all her makeup and there was legitimately a video of me like three years old her going Callum have you got mum's makeup on straight as hell no no makeup on whatsoever so really you know that should have been the dead giveaway like oh yeah I think but apparently not. So you want to know the funny thing, okay? So I think in my family when I first came out as gay, my dad probably took it the hardest. Because, you know, a father and a son, just the way it is. But my dad's, my dad, you know, he's fine now. He loves it. He loves he loves my boyfriend. So um, when he found out I was a drag queen, he took it the best, which was a complete 180 because he took the gay thing real hard. But the drag queen thing, he was, he thought it was hilarious. So when he found out, he burst out laughing. He was like, hi, peaches. I was shocked. I, I, I looked at, I looked at my boyfriend. I looked, I was like, what? I was like, what did you just call me? He was like, hi, Peaches. I was like, I was like, oh no. I was like, you know. And he was like, I think it's great. He was like, I love it. Uh, how did you come up with the name? A Beyonce song. Everyone knows. Everyone who knows me personally knows that I'm an absolute, you know, beep for Beyonce. You know, I'll do anything for a bit of Beyonce. I've seen her twice. She has a song called Partition. And there's a line in it that says, he likes to call me Peaches when we get this nasty. And I was like, ooh, Beyonce's dirty. I was like, I like that. I was like, Peaches, that's a nice name. I was like, Miss Peaches, okay. So I, caught, so I, you know, I made up a little Instagram to post some makeup looks and it just stuck so Miss Peaches I don't have a second name it's just Miss Peaches what was it like the very first time you stepped out into the public in drag Halloween 2017 I think that's the token for any drag queen who's wanting to go out the house and drag do it on Halloween I think every drag queen does it to be fair because it's the only way you can get away with that really just going out in public with no fear I went out I was dressed as Jessica Rabbit to be fair for my first time in drag I looked real good just saying I thought I would I thought I looked the bomb.com.co you know .co.uk Jessica Rabbit, you know, people weren't that bothered. I think people were more just like, um, is your bum real? And I was like, no, babe, it's Hobbycraft. They were like, How, are, the, are your bibs fake? And I was like, well, no, but at the same time, yes. <laughs> it's like, they're caught, yes, they're fake, they're fake, they're fake bibs. Can I, can I touch them? Absolutely not. <laughs> Why is there such a vibrant drag community in Dundee, do you think? Dundee is a place of such culture, such um, variety. Dundee has such a variety of characters. You know, you could throw a stone 
down the overgate and you'll hit at least 50 people who are so bonkers but so different at the same time. That's what's so lovely about it. You know, you've got drag queens in Dundee who like the gory, you know, the grungy, the punk, you know, absolute rock stars of drag. We call them, we call each other sisters because we're like a little family so we call each other sisters. They're like the, you're, they're like the good Judy rock sisters. We have the pageant gals who like to be, you know, slick, done, beat, you know, look very pageant, very women but at the same time, you know it's a man but women, do you get it? Um, you have queens who are very, you know, bubblegum pop princess who like to be all cutesy, you know. That's one of my sisters. It's just so good because everyone's different. So that means everyone's style of drag is going to be different. Especially in a community like Dundee where you've got people from all walks of life. I think there's about 20 of us in Dundee, if I'm counting every queen. And people wouldn't even know. The biggest show in Dundee is my show. <laughs> and we all come to this show, but I think people are scared to give it a try. But I would suggest everyone to come along because you'd absolutely love it. You know, people love to go abroad. You know, in Spain, everyone likes to go to the drag bars. Everyone goes to see the drag queens in Spain. It's on your it's on your front doorstep. Literally on your front doorstep. All you have to do is drive into town and you will see like some of the finest drag in the country. We get queens from all over the country, all over Scotland, and they all come and we all entertain everyone and we all turn amazing looks and we do great performances. And we're, you know, it's just a great, it's just such a good thing. I absolutely love it. I love it. Dundee Pride means to me, what it means to me, is sheer happiness. Because it's one day in the year, we all get together and we all march and we all protest and we have fun and we prove why we're here and we prove why we should have our rights. Because at the end of the day, we don't all have our rights. I'm a gay man. I can't, you could say this is gruesome, but I can't walk and donate blood. I can't just walk into any doctor's office and donate blood right there on the spot. I've got to be abstinent from sex for six months, which is unlike any other straight person they could walk in and give blood there right there on the spot this is why we do pride because that's not equal to me straight people can get um hiv aids just as easy as we can and the fact of the matter is these days you know the medication for that stuff is absolute beyond belief there was a story of an american family a mother had hiv and she had managed to successfully have two children and keep her partner and none of them have it while having HIV, that's how good science and medications came now. Why should I have to wait six months in order to give blood when there is preventative medication out there, which would be completely fine, which and it would make it completely fine. So that to me isn't equal. So that's why we're doing Pride. That's why we do Pride. It is, you know, this is the second ever Pride. I think we should be having that. This should, we should be on our 10th by now in Dundee. But we're on our second. And you know what? I'm absolutely grateful. And I'm so thankful that we're having it. Regardless of what time of the year it is, regardless of when it is, if we're having it, I'm happy. Because that means we're going we're gonna to march and we're going to protest and we're going to really put out there what we want. And what we want is equality. Thank you so much, Peaches, for coming in and giving us your kind of insight into all things drag related when it comes to the Pride community. Um, if you want to check out more or get involved in Dundee Pride, you can head over. You can check out their website, dundeepride.com, and you'll get them on all the usual socials as well. TFN. Official partner of Dundee Pride 2019.